free game. What's good, bro? Welcome to another episode of the Free Game Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Don. This week, we're talking the barber and beauty industry with Bologna Braxton. Free game. Free game. It's free game. Without further ado, you give my audience a quick intro into who you are and what you do. Okay, yes. Um, real briefly, Walona Braxton. I'm the director, actually owner of Y Master Barber and Beauty College. Um, I've been in the hair industry for 30 years and probably teaching for about 10 and own, have owned my own school for a little more than four years now. That's a long time to be doing anything. And I pressed even by the resume and kind of how you even said that you kind of went from being just being in the industry to eventually opening up your own school. Um, can you kind of give the audience a background of what even drove you to getting into the hair industry? Honestly, honestly, I like to say sometimes I believe this career chose me um, because, of course, when I was little, I never thought to be a, a hairdresser or a barber or even in this industry. I was more or less wanting to be a a um, lawyer or accountant, things that are someone in admin, in the admin department. Um, nevertheless, when I was probably nine or so, um, I used mm-hmm. to notice my mom, you know, just uh, doing her friend's hair. And um, I noticed that they were happy when she was done. So ideally, I wanted to make my mom happy. And I asked her one day if I could do her hair. And she was like, yeah, sure. So I um, started doing her hair. But as I grew older, I later learned that that was actually a career that I could pursue doing hair that you can actually get paid to do it. Mm -hmm. So in high school, um, I took a couple of courses. Um, Life happened and I wasn't able to complete it. Um, therefore, after I graduated from high school, I ended up going to a, a college, um, getting my license certification. In the process, I was helping others to um, pass their exam because it was real easy for me to understand, you know, what was being taught. Mm-hmm. And one of the students at one at one point said that you know you're good at this you should you should be a teacher you care about us you care about us getting it and understanding and from there I uh, pursued my instructor's license and um, likewise I guess when I got to um, when I started working at other facilities um, I guess you would say I don't know. I would. I cared a lot more than I was allowed to care mm-hmm. for the students. I cared a lot more um, than I was allowed to care. If, yeah. if you follow me, so when I got to that point, I wasn't happy working at other facilities. And I was told before, if you don't like the way something is being done, you know, do it yourself. So that took, that started me on my journey to opening up my own school. And here I am today. Gotcha. And that's, that's pretty cool. That's a, that's a cool story. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Even like 
you said like seeing uh your mom do people's hair and they they be happy you want to make her happy um so you started doing her hair then you realize you can make money doing it um that's i'm sure that's something that a lot of people can relate to as far as anything like i know with sports some people pull on to sports because they want to make their parent happy and then they later on grow that love for it and stuff like that but something you said towards the end there is i really loved is that you said that you started to care when you were being an instructor, you started to care more for the students than you were allowed to love. I mean, than you were allowed to. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people do, but when they're working with kids or working with younger people or even being in any type of teaching role, but I like that you didn't let that push you out of the industry. You took that upon yourself to, hey, if I can't love my students how I wanna love them or teach them how I wanna teach them, I'm gonna do something about it and you did something about it and you started a school. So uh, like I respect that wholeheartedly because I know how that can be. And I know a lot of people are drove from industries because of that. But like I said, you um, you did the total opposite and you just went all in on yourself. Can you kind of speak to the process of opening up the school and some of the stuff that you had to do? Because I know you can't just walk into a building and just say, hey, I'm gonna open up a school here. So can you kind of speak to that process? Yes, sir. Uh, again, I like to always, I like to say that I believe that my passion, I don't want to say this industry, because even to this day, I believe it's bigger than just the barroom for me right now. Um, but I believe I was chosen to do exactly what I'm doing now. Um, when I had that, that desire to start my own there was some fear still there because I wasn't sure about how to get started you know I reached out to a couple of professionals that I knew was in the industry and possibly had their own and um, they told me a little but not really a lot to to get started you know so I just started the, the journey, the search. I started, um, there was this one building. There was this building that I came across and um, I looked at it and the idea was given to me to, um, you know, start the school here. <laughs> um, however, fear sat in and I told myself that, you know, I wasn't ready, you know. So fast forward, maybe a year later, um, that building was still available, you know, mm -hmm. and um, the thought came across again, and I was still afraid, you know. So however, that time, I just decided to go ahead and make a phone call. They told me how much it would cost to um, get into the building. Um, but again, like I said, fear sat in and I didn't move forward. I was comfortable with the um, Monday through Friday, nine to five job that I had. It was security for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, um, a year, another year passed by and that building was still <laughs> vacant. And, and the, um, the call to, you know, start the school there was still strong. You know, so I called um, called the landlords again, and they told me how much, but it was more than it was the last time. Mm -hmm. And again, I was still afraid. So probably six months or so passed, and and 
you know, I passed by that building and it was still av available, it was still vacant. And and I called again and it was a little more. And it was just placed in my, my spirit that, you know, hey, you know, this vision has been given to you. It's just waiting on you, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you, you're, you're afraid, um, but, you know, pretty much everything is going to be okay. Yeah. So when I was given the dollar amount of what it what it took to get started, I um, just so happened to have that dollar amount, you know. Um, I'm going to say that was probably around May. It was around May mm -hmm. that I started talking to the landlord. Uh, my lease was up in my apartment that I was living in at the time in June. Um, I had just paid for my car like in July. Um, so in July, I told my apartment where I was living that I wasn't going to continue with my lease. Mm -hmm. August the 11th of that year, um, I went ahead and secured the property. Um, I sold my car like the next month after I had finally paid it off for two years. Oh, wow. And I pretty much took all of my belongings and put it in the storage. And I secured, like I said, I secured that building. And I, I actually lived in that building for like six months. Building, um, building the school, building the school. Once I finally decided to move forward with the vision, I just uh, sacrificed everything. The only thing I had for my personal self was probably a cell phone. Wow. Um, but that's how everything began for me. Yeah, that's crazy faith right there. Uh, like I just, I got goosebumps even hearing you speak about that because it's like you really went all in like you said you might have slept on it for it sounds like you might have slept on an idea for about three years is that accurate yes um but once you went in it's like you got that vision and that 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 confirmation from god like it's it's gonna work out you kind of went all in and i think um that's something a lot of people need to hear because it's like if you go all in you can't really fail um but i know you probably experienced some uh turbulence some um adversity in those first six months or even you probably still do to this day and you kind of speak to how you built the foundation once you did get the building um and you kind of started turning the lights on and getting stuff set up how you wanted to get set up how did you pull those students in how did you kind of build your foundation well you know to be honest with you i, I tell my student professionals and my children all the time i don't believe we're designed to well, we're designed to survive, you know, the way mm -hmm. we were created, we're designed to survive. It's almost like when you're, if you throw me into a pool of water, I'm going to do what I have to do to stay on top, you know? Yeah. So once I jumped back there, it was like I was in a pool of water. So whatever it took to stay on top, I did it, you know, whatever, legally. Yeah. <laughs> legally to stay on top I did it and to be honest with you I I didn't because I was um just going through the motions in the beginning I was just going through the motions I was just surviving mm -hmm. um I really didn't feel the struggle you know 
I had made up in my mind, this is what I had to do. This is what, you know, I'm out here now. So yeah. I have to do it, you know. And it was just one step at a time, you know, one thing at a time. I knew um, I had to, you know, pay the light bill. I didn't have, like, the students yet. I didn't have, um, uh, say, any major bills yet. The only thing I had was the light and the actual rent. But I also still had my nine-to-five job. Mm-hmm. So th- what that looked like, you know, I I had a, um, I called it my suite in the back. It was like in the very back, you know, I had a refrigerator back there. I put a bed back there. I had a um, TV, um, a projector mm-hmm. uh, screen back there um, and like a, a miniature, like a portable stove, you know. So I would get up in the morning. I I I had a membership at a gym that was in that shopping strip and they had private bathrooms. So I would get up in the morning and I would go work out for an hour just so I could take a bath, take mm. a shower. So I took a shower and did my personal hygiene. I in that shopping center was a waffle house. So I would leave the gym after I showered and I go have breakfast. And then at the time I was working at another facility. So I would drive there to work for like nine to three or so. And then when I left there, um, I would go back to my school and I had clients of my own that I would cut their hair. So I cut their hair there Uh um, to help me start building up additional income. Um, after that, I really, of course, I didn't want guys or anybody knowing that I was sleeping in there. Yeah. So I would, when it got late, say eight, nine o'clock or whatever, I would leave out when they left out, lock the door and everything. And I would go to, um, um, Golden Corral. Golden Mm -hmm. Corral was in the area. So I went and had dinner, you know, after 30 minutes or so. I would go to uh, the gym again and work out so that I could take another shower. Mm-hmm. And then I would go back into my school and in the back and, you know, I went to sleep. So going through that process, as things were needed, for instance, I knew I needed uh, to get an inspection for the school. I had to get an inspection with the city as well as the um, the state, you know. Mm-hmm. They required you to have certain equipment or pass certain, you know, um, like the fire extinguisher, so on and so forth. Yeah. So I just had a checklist of everything that I needed to pass the inspection, and I got it one at a time, you know. Yeah. That's all I could do, one thing at a time. Yes, yeah, slowly then, but surely, I'm sure. And then, and I can tell, I guess I knew when the Most High God was uh, ready for me to move to the next step, you know, because um, everything at first, I would like to say, was within my might or my power, you know, mm-hmm. well, to a certain extent, I say that lightly. Um, However, 
once everything kind of smoothing out with the license and the inspections, things of that nature, I had a um, friend, I had a friend to kind of like share with um, social media on social media that mm-hmm. I was opening up a school and the way it was worded, you know, like I'm a, I'm a single um, black female in a predominantly male industry. Yeah. The school in the north, um, northwest side of um, Texas, you know. Uh-huh. And when that post was made, it went viral. Oh, nice. When it went viral, that opened up the door for my clientele. <laughs> gotcha. And so that's when the, you know, yeah, the, yeah, my clientele started. Yeah. My students, as well as the um, ones who was interested in getting their hair cut. However, like I mentioned, I believe that the my my journey is more than just for barbering, because what I notice is that m- more than um, building a clientele with with for a student base as well as um, haircutting services, I I gained an audience that was inspired um, by my actions, by my faith. Um, so I found myself immediately mentoring people from everywhere, professionals from everywhere. Yeah. From, you know, California, Maine, Maryland, like Florida, Africa, <laughs> like <laughs> everywhere. Uh-huh. They were just reaching out to me and asking, you know, um, different questions about their business and what they should do. And I just tried to pour into them the best way I could. Yeah. You having that that crazy faith to go all in. And then that was kind of, like you said, that viral moment was kind of God showing you, like, as long as you move your feet, like, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to bring everything that you need. Even when you spoke to the checklist, like you said, slowly but surely, you was getting everything on that checklist. Um, That's just like you keep moving them feet one step at a time. It's going to it's going to all work out. Um, How long was it before, like, from the time you got you got the building to the time you kind of started taking students how long do you think that process was about six months because that's how long that's when I knew it was time for me to move out of the building um six months Uh uh-huh and how Um, did you know it was time for you to move out of the building it was that viral moment and Uh invite because I had a set um clientele that were coming to get their hair cut Mm-hmm. But it got to the point where I was, there was more, you know. Gotcha. And they were staying longer um, and later. Yeah. Um, and it was just uh, a nudge. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how to explain it. It was a nudge in my spirit that uh-huh. told me, you know, this is the next level. This yeah. Is the next level. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it's kind of crazy. Like when you, I feel like when you in tone, in tune, it doesn't matter if you go to church or you're overly religious. I feel like you always can feel, and when I say you, I'm not specifically saying you, but I, I know personally, um, I feel like you always get that nudge from God, like it's, it's time to move forward. So even you speaking to that, it's kind of cool, like to, to hear somebody else kind of speak to that. Um, so that's, that's, that's really cool. 
what was it like like getting that first student did you feel any pressure or like because i know you had experience previously from the sounds of it but was that pressure differently once you did start taking students and stuff like that no not it wasn't pressure to have the student you know um because i love what i do i i put a lot of pressure on myself that first student i was hard on i was at first more discouraged or disappointed because it was just one student mm. if that makes sense it was in my mind that's how i was looking at it that it was just one student mm -hmm. i i was believing that um, you know, I already in my head, cause, because I'm a visionary, in my head, I had already seen the end goal. Yeah. And the end goal didn't look like one student, you know. So I was discouraged or disappointed. But again, um, the most high found a way to show me that um, you, you just teach that well teach that one student as a matter of fact it was kind of comical how it came to me uh -huh. it was more or less like just think about it um if you teach this one student and he passed then you'll have a hundred percent pass right Ooh, that's good <laughs> so it took the focus off of um what i was actually looking at um, and it helped me to stay focused on my purpose, what the yeah. purpose and vision was. And before you know it, that one student turned into five students, the five uh -huh. turned into 15. And as a matter of fact, one of the things that I use as a the moments I use as a testimony is during the pandemic time. During the pandemic time, I saw other large organizations close like in yeah. my, right now, I saw a Dairy Queen close close down. I think they closed maybe like twenty six of them in a DFW area. Yeah, uh, I believe that was the number. Then uh, twenty four hour fitness closed over here. Yeah, it was like a large, lot of large uh, corporation businesses closed. However, during the pandemic, we tripled in size. Ooh. you know. So, um, yeah, that's just how I know um, uh -huh. well that helps me to stay focused on the overall purpose and vision that was given to me in the beginning and and leave the um, heavy stuff to to the most high God yeah I like that how long um has has your school been around four years four years okay and so even how did you handle, because I know you said it kind of tripled during a pandemic. How did you handle that? Because I know that could be a lot too. Like it's always bittersweet when you get that, um, when you get more, when God gives you more. So how can you, how did you handle that? Did you already have the systems in place and kind of the processes in place to welcome that? Or did, was that kind of a, a learning curve for you as well? Well, every, yeah, yes to both of those questions. Um, everything is always a learning curve for me. Um, um, because, and that's what helps elevate you, you know, when you stay open sure. to, to learning something new and different. Um, the way I, and when you say system, did I have a system in place? So that I had a system written down on paper 
-hmm. I just had a way that I did things and it was working for me. You know, I had a certain rotation and that rotation didn't uh, change because I had more uh, students. I think overall, well, two things. First, I'll say um, one of the things that I did when we started growing, I immediately moved because we uh, outgrew the area that we was in, Uh the the property we was in. I moved to a larger um, unit. Okay. That was one thing that I had to do for sure. Um, The other thing, um, as far as system writing, like writing down, um, you have to teach this lesson this way, or Uh you you have to do things during this time frame. that never was my uh, MO, my angle. My angle, as I mentioned before, was always love, care. Yeah. yeah. So what I did, the more um, students I got, you know, I just made sure that I took the time to know each individual student so I can give them the attention and the care that they need individually. I like that. That's the only thing I did different until this day. Yeah. That's the only thing that I do. As each one come in, I, I look at them individually and find out what their needs are, find out where their heart is, find out, you know, what their concerns are. Our our motto here is your success is our goal. Oh, I know? love that. And I, I mean it, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you can actually see it in the, in the videos on uh, social media, um, but everything we do, um, we do in love, you mm-hmm. know, and I find that to be very successful. Yeah. And even from looking at your Instagram page, I can kind of tell that's kind of how that's the vibe that you give off, even in the pictures um, and stuff like that. Your pictures, to, I, I'm a firm believer that pictures and videos tell a story and yours definitely does tell that story. Um, and you kind of spoke to like yourself, like with your with your college, with your school, um, you you meet every student where they are, basically. And yeah. from, a, from a, stu- a student's perspective or somebody that's wanting to become a barber, what are some important things? Like maybe they're not in the DFW area and they just need to look for a school in general. What are some of the important things that you can consider when choosing a barber school? I would I would still say the same thing. Make sure, make sure that the school cares about cares about you. Make sure that they're out for your success and not just out to gain um, you know, the money, monetary gain. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that they're going to teach you um, because I've had experience with that. Uh, students would go through a program at another facility and they would go take the test probably, you know, um, several times and they'll reach out to me Yeah, and, and I'll help them. Um, so just making sure that they're going to teach you that they that they care about you and not just the finances. That's the only thing I would say. Yeah, and I think that's important too. Like having, like I have family members who have um become barbers or 
kind of was going through the process and they kind of told me stories about that, like where they go to a barber college and they feel like their money just got took. Um, so I'm happy that you touched on that. Um, what do you think are some of the best ways to prepare to have a successful barbering career? Because I know they come to you to basically learn the, learn the skill, learn the process, pass the test. But once they get in the real world, it's kind of, you kind of got to, you got, you got to be ready to go. So what are some of the things you think they can do to prepare themselves or some of the things that you might do for your students to prepare them to have a successful barbering career? Well, that's one of the things that what you're asking me, we do it here. You mm -hmm. know, we don't just uh, give them the skill set to cut hair and pass the test and, you know, get their license. We actually prepare them for the world, you know, the, the barbering world industry. Um, we touch bases on finances and invest in um, because the money come, you know, but as quick as the money come, it goes, you know. For sure. Um, uh, we touch bases on the fact that, you know, um, let me back up. A lot of student professionals choose to be a barber because they want to be their own boss. Mm -hmm. you know? And I, uh, we bring to their attention that, you know, being your own boss is harder than working for someone else because sure. you have to be disciplined. You know, you don't have anyone telling you um, you you have to be here nine to five. You have to tell yourself. So um, we help to discipline them with time and we help to discipline them with um, um, building a clientele. Mm -hmm. um, we prepare their mindset with the different type, the options out there for them, you know, um, as far as working for a franchise or working for uh, um, in a booth rental or, or as an independent contractor. We let them know that um, a lot of, a lot of student professionals, they would uh, hold on to their nine to five job because of the benefits. And I said, I let them know, hey, if you're your own boss, then you can do the same thing that your boss is doing over there. Right. You, know, you can deduct the medical expenses premium out of your out of your weekly or biweekly pay, or you know, you can set aside your own tax money, or you can set aside, you know, your social security benefit. You know, um, so. Um, when you say, what can I tell them to prepare? Just, um, think like a boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be a boss, think like a boss, you know, just, and start doing those things. You know, we want to be a boss, but we don't want to do what bosses do. We kind of accustomed to everybody, for somebody doing it for us. And the biggest thing is don't wait until you graduate to do it. You know, from the moment you decide that this is the, the career for you, start, you know, now, start planning now, you know, mm -hmm. um, start visualizing, you know, where you um where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself in a booth rental situ situation? Do you see yourself in a um, um, franchise, you know? Yeah. And then planning and preparing for that now. 
start meeting and greeting um, your clients now. You know, um, something I was reading one time before said that you you should tell 10 people about who you are and what you do daily. Mm -hmm. So approach about 10 people a day and say, hey, I'm a I'm a student professional at such and such school and um um can you give me a chance, you know? Um and be honest, be honest with you yourself. Be honest with them and yourself. Yeah. And let them know, hey, um, you know, my strong points, my strengths are this here, you know, my weaknesses are, you know, is in this area. But if you give me the opportunity, you know and grow with me, I can guarantee you, you'll be satisfied, you know? So yeah. start promoting yourself now. A lot of the times we're just focused on um, uh, working and taking care of the family and just trying to complete school so we can get the license, take the test and get the license. And then you have your license, but you're stuck because right. you don't have a clientele and and you don't know what's next. You don't know where to go or or whatever the case may be. And then you'll be cutting hair part-time or or as a side hustle, which I, I despise that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> side hustle while you're still working a nine to five for the benefits. Yeah. You really can turn that around while you're in school. Yeah. And I like that you kind of spoke to everything that you spoke to because it goes back to like, planning ahead and kind of seeing seeing the end before you get there and preparing for the end um and when I say the end I'm not saying the end end I'm saying like the end goal um right. so you kind of touched on all of that and I like that um and you kind of when you were talking it kind of sparked the question in my head if you had a student professional or if you had to go back to when you were in in school um as a student professional which route would you recommend that person to go on to get to a point of being a successful barber, would you recommend them to go the franchise route or would you recommend them to go the booth route? You know, it's, 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 it goes back to what I said when, when my student professionals, um, from the moment I interview them, um, I get to know them. So it's really an individual thing, you know, some, um, struggle with their confident level, you know, Mm -hmm. um, so if you struggle with your confident and building the client, you may have a hard time approaching people, you know? So if that's, um, not your, um, area of expertise, then I would suggest a franchise. Um, you know, some just may have, a um, they just work alone, work well or work better alone, uh -huh. you know? So you have the suites that you can do or um, independent contractor. You can work in a nursing home. You have your own space or things of that nature. And, you know, some just really love the environment, the barbershop yeah. environment, the vibe. And even, you know, if you just love um, um, meeting people, just being around people, socializing, um, you love the vibe. However, if you have a fear, you know, I would say go ahead and try the um, booth rental. Yeah. Process, you know, so it's an individual um, um, thing. You know?
know, I mm-hmm. couldn't say one way or the other. For me, I tried all of them. I did uh-huh. all of them. I love them all. Uh-huh. You know, because there are times <laughs> when I just enjoy having my own space and and not having to govern myself accordingly. Yeah. Um, so I would go into a suite, you know, and then, you know, I have a big heart you know, for like caring for people. So there are times when I've done um, the the nursing home route uh-huh. um, and I probably did it like on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday, you know, you cutting hair for probably like $10, but uh-huh. you, you have a set clientele because you have like 200 residents in there. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and, um, there are some, there are, um, I absolutely love the, uh, booth rental, um, because I'm like one of the, <laughs> I'm like, you know, the little sister, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. so I like being like on, um, what was that barbershop? <laughs> the one yeah. lady that was in barbershop, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Have the utmost respect, but she kind of can kick it with the fellas, you know, uh-huh. that energy as well. So it's an individual thing. Um, yeah. That that goes back to reflecting self-actualization, just figuring out who you are and be the best you that you can be, you know. Uh-huh. You, don't, you can't look at me and how I move and, um, that's how we fail sometimes. We, we're looking sure. at other success and we want to move like they move, but that may not be your your niche or that may not be for you. So just yeah. sit down and honestly, you know, get to know yourself and where you're comfortable and, and go from there. Yeah. And I like that. You kind of touched on Basically, like you said, get to know yourself and figure out which one plugs into you can plug into better. Um, I like that that approach. And I think that's important to know, because if you're not like a go getter or uh, um, if you're not a go getter, you probably wouldn't be do well on the booth. Like you said, Um, you probably need to go to franchise route so you can build your clientele. Um, So that was some good information. Is there anything that you kind of tell your student professionals to kind of avoid when getting started into the industry when they go out? Or is there anything that you have in mind that you kind of always tell people to kind of avoid or try to stay away from? Avoid? Nothing I can think of as far as avoid. However, um, a big thing, I believe, in the industry, I mean, being, you know, a professional barber, I would say, is make sure you um, manage your money well. Mm-hmm. And one one aspect of managing your money well is creating a paper trail. And what I mean by that is um, as soon as, I don't know if you've ever been in a barbershop and you have uh, people to stop by and they selling t-shirts or polo shirts and cologne and yeah movies and what christmas gifts or dinners and it's like as soon as we get the money we um spend it you know right um so it's real easy to not uh keep track of 
how much you're you're making. And the reason why it's important, the reason why it be it was important to me or it became important to me is because I recall one year, one year I was doing really well. And I know I was doing well. Uh-huh. I was probably making more than a hundred thousand a year. I was doing real well. Yeah. Um the money was coming. I was making a couple of thousands or so, you know, a week. I mean, it was just doing, I was doing good. Yeah. At the end of that year, I wanted to buy a car. (laughs) I Uh wanted to buy a car. And so I went up to the car lot and I just knew because I was, (laughs) I did good. I had money and I was making money and I just knew they was going to give me a car. So when I went in, um, he asked me, he said, well, um, how much do you make? And I wrote everything down. He was like, okay, that's good. But at the end of the conversation, he asked me if I had like a paycheck stub or something. Or um, I said, well, no, you know, you don't understand. I'm a barber. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a paycheck stub. My client's paying me daily, you know. He said, well, do you have any any way to prove that you made this money? And at the time, all I had was my appointment book. <laughs> so right. I, I put <laughs> my appointment book and I showed them my appointments and how much they were supposed to pay and how much they paid. And he told me, unfortunately, that that won't work, you know. So what that taught me, what that taught me was... Um, Although I made made a lot of money, I still had to be able to prove that when I wanted to take out a loan or or do business with others, any type of business. Um, so what I began to do was anytime I got money, anytime I received money, earned money, uh-huh. I immediately put it in the bank, you know. Um, and sometimes banks are closed, so you can go up to the ATM machine and just um deposit the money cash immediately right then even a check you know mm-hmm. and anytime I wanted to purchase something I I used my debit card so what that did for me that created a paper trail it showed how much money I made monthly or annually and how much expenses what my expenses were so I would say just if I had to uh say anything um, it would be to um, um, be sure to um, document or keep track, create some type of paper trail um, down the line in any event you want to do business with someone else. Yeah, um, we've kind of reached the end of the podcast. Every guest that I bring on, I kind of ask them to leave my audience mm-hmm. with some, free, some uh, leave my audience with a free game, kind of a gym to leave the audience with. Um, can you come up uh, with, can you think of some free game that you would like to leave my audience with? Believe in you, you know, believe in what you're doing. Um, don't give up, you know, if, if the vision was given to you, um, then it will come to pass. One, one of the things that I did not do and I'm not sure if this was something you were wanting to hear, but I just absolutely mm-hmm. didn't do it. Um, however, uh, from a business perspective, it will help 
if you write the vision down. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not real big on it's like I I see it and then I do I, I see it, I want it, I do it type situation. But um just write it down. Write, write, write down your vision, write down a game plan and execute it no matter no matter what no matter what things may look like just hold fast to the to the vision that has been given to you and you will um see it come to pass yeah i like that and i think that's i definitely second that um so if any of my listeners want to reach out to you maybe they're in the dfw area might be interested in uh becoming a student professional at your school or maybe they're a a new barber or just thinking about getting in the industry, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Okay, the email is um, ysiog at ymasterbbc.com and that stands for your success as I go at ymasterbbc.com um, As far as phone number, you can probably reach out to me at 817 849 Thanks for tapping into another episode of the Free Game Friday podcast. If you haven't already, please like this episode, subscribe to our podcast, and share it with a friend. Thanks, be blessed, catch y'all next week. Free game. Free game.